0: up everybody this is episode three of the 1796 sports podcast we are going to be reviewing the tennessee alabama game um there's not going to be very many positives here this is going to be a pretty negative show today i think so let's go ahead and get the positives out of the way uh the first half was amazing ryan
1: yeah i mean first half people's game plan looked somewhat competent which was a stark difference than what happened in the second half but trying to stay positive to start like 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 you said um <laughs> i mean you you moved the ball the, the defense got a big turnover i mean everything was clicking and, and even when you i think they kicked it kicked it out of bounds on purpose in the second half but you, you know even if you did you you got a sack on the Hail mary like everything was going your your way and then we had a Chernobyl level nuclear meltdown in the second half. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it was for anybody who didn't catch the game or see anything, it was we were up 20 to seven at the half and then didn't score a freaking point the rest of the game. So,
2: yeah, you had full momentum going into the second half. I don't know. And uh, Elijah Herring interview talking about how they came out thinking they won the game already is absurd. You should never say that about any game, especially playing Alabama at Tuscaloosa. It makes no sense to me. And you could sense it on the first drive of the game, Alabama. And and don't get me wrong. We'll get into the officiating, but like, it's just absurd the fact that they scored 27 points and we scored zero in the second half. It makes no sense to me. The play calling, the shotgun formations on fourth and inches on our own forty yard line, I, like it's it's insane. I don't know what else to say about it.
0: Uh, okay, I, I want to point something out there. So, what Herring said about the reason that we played like dog shit in the second half is because they thought that that they had already won the game. Um, why in the hell would you think that? Th- th- this is a team that you've beaten once. In 15 years, and you think that y- you can be cocky enough to play like you've already won? What the hell's wrong with you? Why would you think that? There's no reason. I don't care if you're winning 50 to zero at halftime. This is Alabama. This is a team that you never freaking beat. You, you don't have the luxury of of saying that. You know, oh, we-, we don't have to go hard anymore. We already won. You do not have the luxury to say that. This isn't. I mean, this is not Austin Peak. You can't lollygag for a half and not get your ass kicked. Like, I, I don't understand that mindset. I don't know if that's, I would thank
1: to God that the coaches did not instill that mindset in but them. I was just about to say that, Bryce. I mean, it, it the show to God, the coaches didn't come into halftime and say, okay, guys, just keep doing what you're doing. We, we I mean, are the that's okay.
0: I'm going to choose to believe that that's not the case because if that is the case, we have bigger fucking problems. Um, edit that out. I don't want to say the F word in the show. But if that's the case, we got bigger problems because uh, that's inexcusable. I mean, like I said, I don't care if you're playing against the Tennessee school for the blind. You do not have the luxury of pretending that you don't have to try. That's absurd.
1: I mean, I I think that comes down to the leadership amongst the players. I mean, how in the world is is not one player saying, guys, we we do not have them buried yet? We have to keep keep on pushing. It's one of the damn game maxims. Yeah. Don't let up. Put on more steam.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what they they claim is one of their maxims, but they very rarely do it. Um, let me just say, I think we're getting a little bit too into the to the negative. It's easy to get into the negative. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Let's go one by one. Um, we'll start with normal ball fan. Um, just give me give me one positive takeaway from this game.
2: I'm be honest, I think. Uh, obviously, no one played good in the second half, but I'm really, I really enjoyed watching Joe Milton play in that first half. Um, I think he did really well. Um, I think the cockiness got to him a little bit and let him let it get away from him. But that first half, Joe Milton looked pretty good. I mean, he did miss that one touchdown throw to Jacob Warren, which is whatever. I mean, you're not going to be perfect, but. Um, if I was being positive, I'd say Joe Milton played a one hell of a game. Because uh, if Joe Milton played worse than that, uh, the game wouldn't have been close at all. So, absolutely, um, that's definitely my one positive note. Ryan, what's yours? I, I can't
1: think of one. Not Sorry. one positive. Not, not 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 one positive that we haven't already said. Okay, <laughs>
0: like I said, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with normal ball fan. I mean, I think it was. We'll obviously break this down more in a little bit, but i I think it was encouraging to see Joe milton's half emphasis on half. Um, he didn't I don't think he played horrible in the second half, just being honest, but I thought it was it was encouraging to me to see that we are capable when we play our best, we are capable of hanging with the top dogs. so that I think that's my positive is when when we're on our best, we can hang.
2: Well, that's my thing. I was going to say that before. I if Tennessee could play that first half against every team, Tennessee could beat anybody. Yeah. Like that was that was a great first half defensively. The offense played way above average to what we're compared to seeing. I mean, the running game wasn't there, which was kind of expected. We we needed we knew we needed Joe Milton at this point. But um but yeah, I think that first half Tennessee could beat anybody. But I feel like it's been all season. I, I mean, would you guys disagree? I feel like we like almost every game this year, we've either had a quarter or two quarters
1: where we just didn't show up. Yeah, you 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 poop your pants, and then a quarter or half of every single game.
0: Yeah, I mean, even I don't even Virginia. I mean, even the opener. I mean, look how bad the look how bad the offense was at the beginning of that game. I mean, that was kind of a sign of things to come, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, I can't really think of a single game. I mean, I guess South Carolina would probably be the closest, right, where we actually played – A whole team. game. Like, yeah, like played a whole game. I don't know. It's uh, it's concerning. It's definitely concerning. And it, it has to make you question the leadership of this team, coaching-wise and player-wise. Um, I'm not sure. And I know a lot of our – a lot of our playmakers are younger – I don't know if that has something to do with it. But then again, your quarterback has been in college for six damn years. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, this is what everybody wants to hear. This is what everybody wants to talk about. So we'll go one by one. We'll start with normal ball fan again. What's your main concern from this performance?
2: Are we specifically talking about Joe Milton or the whole game?
0: The whole game, yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I feel like we talked about it, but like – to me, it's just I don't know how because I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but in me in high school, even just high school sports in general, when you have a half like that, I just don't know how you come out just dead. Like, I just don't know how you're not coming out wanting more blood. Like, how do you that's, not come out with, that's, with more passion? Sorry
0: to interrupt you, but that, that's why I, I, I think that Herring was telling the truth, because that's the only explanation is they really thought that they had it in the bag.
2: No, I agree. I, I just don't, it doesn't make sense. And it'll never make sense because like you're beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa. And like, we were handily ble- like, and don't get me wrong. Nick Saban came out and adjusted his game plan. Like, I mean, he destroyed Josh Heupel in the second half. Like, obviously, I mean, we scored zero points, but like, he absolutely manhandled us in the coaching game in that second half. Absolutely. So, it's not all it's not all about the players and how they didn't come out with, you know, the intensity they did in the first. Obviously, Nick Saban made the adjustments and we didn't. So, that's another thing to talk about is the coaching.
0: All right, Ryan. This is your moment.
1: <laughs> so, I think Oh god. Okay. Joe Milton had his best game of the season. It's it's not it's not even close. And we netted 13 points on offense. What the hell? What is going on? If if the, if netting 13 points is good enough, I, that I I disagree. No, it's not good enough. And a part, a part of the adjustment Saban made was, all right, <clears throat> Milton can't throw over the middle. Let's discard the outside and stack the box and stop the run. And we scored zero points.
0: Yep, that's that leads into mine. I, I think that's a great segue, Ryan. I was going to point this out. So everybody knows the final score was 34 to 20. Um, Something that I haven't seen many people talk about on Twitter, though, because everybody's been focused on something else that we'll get to later. This rushing game for Tennessee was by far the worst that we've had. Um, Joe Milton, this will tell you all you need to know, Joe Milton was the leading rusher for the Vols. 15 carries for 59 yards. That is absurd. And I think at this point – we, we can officially say if you shut down Tennessee's three-headed monster in the backfield, the offense is putrid at best. I mean, when, our, when Jalen Wright is going to get 11 carries for 22 yards, Brentwood Academy has a more dynamic offense than we do. I mean, and it's not their fault. I'm not blaming Wright, Small, or Samson because a lot of the time the lanes weren't there. <laughs> Alabama swarm tackles, They Alabama played it well. They knew what they had to do, and this is what I was worried about in our preview show. And I said, you know, I'm very, very worried that we're not going to be able to run on this Bama defense like we have been against other teams. And sure enough, Saban showed why he's Saban, why he's the best coach of all time probably. Um, our running backs pretty much had no impact on the ground. I mean, Jalen Wright made an impact cause he caught seven passes. Cause, but yeah, I mean that, I think that's my number one concern is like when our running backs aren't having great games, our offense is abysmal.
1: Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter how good Joe Milton plays. Cause like he still didn't throw for 300 yards. He's yet he to didn't. do that. He, no, he
0: didn't. I mean, he didn't, he didn't throw for 300 yards. But I do want to give him – I mean, I, I do want to give him a little bit of credit because he threw for 271 in two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. Well, he did turn the ball over, but he didn't throw a pick. Um, and, you know, that should be good enough to win. I mean, that should be good enough with our defense and the way that we run the ball usually. 271 yards and two touchdowns, no picks, should be good enough. I mean, that's – you know, that's game manager. That should be good enough. Um, but it wasn't, and, you know, Joe Milton, did he miss a couple throws? Yeah, he did, but once again, multiple catchable balls dropped, you know, hit receivers in the hands. I mean, they got – Dante Thornton needs to spend two whole weeks on the drugs machine. Nah, he's
2: done.
0: He should be done. Yeah, me... I mean, it, it was absurd. I, I think – um and then NVF, we'll, we'll go to you and see what you what you think about this, but I just want to say I think – Dante Thornton really killed the momentum. I think it was the first drive. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was the first or second drive. Uh, He was wide freaking open at like the five-yard line, and it just bounced right out of his hands, and we ended up settling for a field goal. That would have totally changed the dynamic if he caught that ball.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and and I get why he dropped it. Like, I understand after watching the replay. Yeah, because
0: he was scared because there was a
2: guy. He looked up. He looked up. And he took the eyes off the ball, but that's a that's a pat, That's one of the catches that you have to make to where you catch that. You know you're going to get hit, and you just catch it and you brace for that impact, and that's it. Catch the ball. You don't need to get those extra yards.
0: An SEC receiver has to catch that.
2: Right, I agree. I I, I totally agree. I don't think, and you know, I just I don't. I think Dante Thornton needs to. And this goes to probably a topic we're going to talk about later, too. I think you got to get some of those young receivers in the game now. I think you got to – Dante needs to just – I mean, I think he knows. I feel like the coaches know it's time to, like – I mean, he has gotten far less snaps than he did at the beginning of the season, but it's time to just let Nimrod and, you know, all those young guys, Caleb Webb, play and just let them get some experience. I mean, our wide receivers have been pretty bad other than Squirrel White. Um, Ramel Keaton decided, I guess he got some new gloves yesterday. He caught a couple balls. Um, but other than that, I mean, Ramel Keaton's been non existent all year, it feels like. But Squirrel White, I mean, Bruce Hart, you might as well get those new guys in there.
0: Yeah, Nimrod didn't have any impact on the game yesterday after he led the team last week. So I, I don't understand that. I mean, that was strange to me. He didn't record a statistic.
1: Yeah. Right, and another.
2: I want another, another topic. Is that Dylan Sampson got four carries, twenty-eight yards, average seven ca- seven yards a carry, and he, all he got was four touches.
0: Yeah, I, the way the way that Hypo utilizes Sampson is Sampson like dating Heupel's daughter or something. I, I don't understand. Like what is?
2: I don't, I don't know. But if I'm Sampson, I'm starting to wonder. Like, mm, am I am I going to be here next year? That's what I'm. That's how I'd be thinking if I was him.
0: Yeah, I mean, J- Jabari Small got eight carries, three yards per carry. Wright uh, got 11 carries, two yards a carry. Samson, seven yards a carry, gets four carries. I, I don't get it. Um, and Romeo Keaton, I-, I don't understand Romeo Keaton. He He's the most confusing player on the team, in my opinion, because if he's wide open with 10 yards away from the nearest receiver – He's probably not going to catch it, but if the defensive back is doing a WWE finishing move on him, he'll catch it. I, I, it just it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't get. It has to be a mental thing because I know he's yeah. talented.
1: Yeah, it, it's got to be mental. I mean, you, you it's just you, you, get cold feet whenever you're wide open. I remember me missing layups in high school, in and, and basketball. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you, you just like, oh, this, this is a, this is easy. This is gonna be easy. Drop, miss layup. Like it's got to be mental. It's yeah. and, and and I want to get one more thing off about Joe Milton. What what was the main reason for him starting b- before this game? I think we we said it last week. Leadership.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. If he's such a good leader, why did our offense go into hibernation in the second half? It's a fair point. I mean. I mean
2: sorry to cut you off, but I, I, to me, it's not all Joe Milton though, because the play calling was absolutely like atrocious. Now don't get me wrong. Joe should have been a leader and maybe said something to a coach like, yo, like this ain't working. Let's fix it. But I mean, I agree with you. I I just don't know. I mean, it was a whole team thing, but Joe Milton needed to step up and say something, do something. I don't know, but
1: the nose. yeah uh, I, that, I, oh sorry go ahead I'm sorry Bryce um I, I think if you said something to a coach about the play calling the coach would be like why do you think we're calling plays like this brother it's because you can't throw over the middle then why so is he that, in that that's exactly my point why why why
2: why okay. And I'm not and I'm not a. and you know you both know me I'm not going to tell you to put Nico in over Joe I'm not I mean, at this point, I might, but I'm just saying, like, if you're not going to trust your quarterback, then why is he playing?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, agree that. with that. I, I I totally agree with that. But I mean, do we really think that we win that game yesterday if Nico plays? I no, don't. Absolutely not. I don't think that had a lick to do with mm-hmm. it. I mean, I think going forward, Nico might give us the best option. I mean, it's clear that Heupel does not trust Milton. Um, he obviously doesn't trust him to audible He like Milton. I don't think Milton has the ability to audible because he never does. Uh, but I don't think and this is what I wanted to get into next. This is a good segue. Well, what's the reason we lost? I, I ran a poll on Twitter, got over 200 votes. Um, but before I give those results, I want to hear you guys's uh, answer to that question. What What's the main reason we lost? Um, you,
1: Ryan, you want to answer this first? Uh, coaching. Simple. I mean, when when, when you get outscored twenty seven nothing in the second half, it's it's on coaching, and, okay. and you, you you can break that down many different ways. I'm sure we will, but it's coaching.
2: No, I I agree with Ryan. I think it's, uh, and the coaching in the first half was amazing. Uh, it's just coming out in the second half and not adjusting to Nick Saban's adjustments, um, but coaching. And I'm not normally this guy, but the fact that the most penalized team in the SEC had one penalty and it was an obvious false start is a problem. And it's, and I'm not saying officiating was the reason we lost, but like it, I mean, Squirrel white getting just hammered in the end zone at the end of the game, not called right in front of a ref pass interference on the side of the field. I mean, Tyler Barron got his neck ripped off when he was about to sack Jalen Milrow on the touchdown pass. No call. I mean, we, we go all day with these calls and don't get me wrong. They probably missed a couple calls on us, but like absurd that they had one penalty the whole game.
1: I agree. I mean, I mean,
0: it's, it's kind of something you don't want to be this guy, but at some point it's, it's just true. It's just a fact. Um, when you're playing Alabama, it's like when you're playing the Tom Brady Patriots or, you know, Patrick Mahomes, there's going to be some phantom calls. You're just not going to get the 50, 50 calls. You're just not, Um, you know, so that's a thing I wanted to go over. What our I wanted to go over what our um, Twitter followers had to say. So we actually received 300 votes on the poll and it's, Pretty lopsided. So I said, Who do you all blame most for the loss today? 66% of the 300 votes went to coaching. The next biggest option, I had Joe Milton, coaching, defense, and other as the options. After coaching at 66%, the next closest was other at 23%. And pretty much nobody blamed it on the defense or Joe Milton. So for other, the 23%, almost all of those 23% uh, responded by blaming the refs. <laughs> but uh, the vast majority of people are obviously blaming coaching. And I wanted to read a couple, you do a couple shout outs. Um, Pazi 3171 on Twitter said that Golesh be, not being here Is obviously a problem for Heupel. That's interesting. Lots of people said officiating. Um, So yeah, what do y'all think about that?
1: Uh, I don't think Gullish not being here is a problem. I I mean, it's Heupel's offense. He calls the plays. I think, for whatever reason,
0: more of a personnel issue, or
1: yes, for whatever reason. Well, I think I know the reason. Uh, He refuses to call plays that you know, go over the middle. And if he's going to stick with Joe Milton, he's, I mean, I I don't understand why Heupel's living with 20 points a game in the last two games, three offensive touchdowns. Like if if that's good enough for Josh Heupel, then he's completely, somebody's kidnapped him and buried him in a closet somewhere. Like, I I, I just don't understand how you're going to stick with him. If if you're hamstrung play, play calling.
0: Yeah, I mean, NVF, you got any thoughts on that?
2: No, I agree. I, I said it before. I I just don't understand how I, you stop this running game. And I've been saying this about Kentucky. You stop the running game, you're going to win the game. But now, I mean, they've seen how to beat us. You just literally stack the box, cover the outside, and we're not going to throw down the middle. I mean, and if that's the case, like I said before, why are you, why is he in the game? I mean, at this point, and like I said, I'm probably the biggest Joe Milton supporter, but at this point, why are you not playing um, Nico? I mean, you might as well just
1: get him experience at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we have a murderer's row to finish the year either, besides Georgia. You, like, I'm looking at it like you have three games that are winnable to get him ready for Georgia. It's by no means a murderer's row you can say whatever you want about Missouri, but like with, with a good quarterback <clears throat> that that can run Hypo's offense and a big part of Hypo's offense thrown over the middle, you, you win all, all, all three games. I mean, this, it's going to be tough to get him ready in three games and have him ready to like the, the, he's probably not going to make a move. Let's, let, 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 let's all just be honest. He's probably no, not going to go to Nico, but I just don't understand why you wouldn't. If you're, if you're like, it's like I said, Hypo is completely, it's like somebody kidnapped him. He's, his mouth is duct taped and he's with it, handcuffed in a closet somewhere. Like, this is out of character. Why are you living with it?
0: Can I give my biggest pet peeve? And I'm punished by my favorite NFL team and my favorite college team doing the same shit. And it is my biggest pet peeve in football. When it is fourth and one, why in the hell do you think it's a good idea to line up out of the shotgun? It never works. Why would you put yourself further away from the line to gain? I I don't understand it. And every coach freaking does it. The tush push works 95% of the time. Even if you don't want to do a tush push, just do a regular QB sneak. It's not rocket science. I mean, I don't understand. Joe Milton is built like a freaking linebacker. I'm pretty sure he could get half a yard. I yeah. will never, ever understand fourth and one halfback draw out of the shotgun. I will never understand that.
2: No, I I completely agree, especially when you got uh, a Jacob Warren and a McCastles uh, that could just push Joe Milton that's six six two hundred and twenty six, 220 pounds. It makes no sense to me. Uh, You're I, making a fourth and one mind. and fourth and three. Like, more than that, it's you're starting five yards behind the, it the makes line. No f- I mean, it makes no sense. F- especially against Alabama. When you have an Alabama defensive front that's been stopping you all damn game, and you do it two times, two times, and you're on your side of the field.
1: It makes zero sense. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to decide to go for it, which, you know, like, what, like, it's like y'all just say you're starting five yards further back, and you're running a vanilla play after the play clock's been running down when our running game seems to only be effective whenever we're running tempo, it makes no damn sense. It's a joke. And he has to get better at short down distance situations. Like you cannot continue to go on like this. I mean, even
0: something I was thinking about, like I know we did not play very well against Austin P, which, you know, whatever, but the offense started clicking against Austin P when we did the up-tempo bubble screens and which, you know, if you don't trust your quarterback, it's not the worst game plan in the world. And we really haven't tried to do that since. Like, Uh, it's, I mean, if you don't trust your quarterback, you would think you'd want to do short little quick routes, get the ball out of his hands fast. But instead it's like halfback draw, halfback draw, halfback draw, Uh, maybe a Milton scramble try to go deep, receiver will probably drop it. I mean, it's just – it's the most out-of-sync offense ever. Like, it just is not – if the running back – like we said earlier, if the running game is not getting going, it is the most vanilla offense you'll ever see.
2: Yeah. Well, and I do want to say something about Joe Milton. Like, that was one thing that if if he did this run thing this whole season, I think the season looks a little bit different. Like, all these games, like – we were disappointed in him and all this, but, like, I was shocked that we were seeing all these runs by Joe Milton. Like, I was like, where has this been? I mean, do you guys agree, or are you guys upset about that? Or like...
1: Yeah, it's, it's like I said whenever I first started talking about Joe. I mean, it's his best game of the year, and a lot of it had to do with him using his legs. I mean, and we we still couldn't, like, find somebody open over the middle, or we just refused to call a play that goes open over the middle because of his interceptions over the middle. Like if you're not going to trust him and you have everything working with him that you think is going to work and you still can't throw over the middle. It's like, we just said, well, why is he in the game? Like, I, I, I don't get it. So, so what do you
2: guys think about the, the, going into this week though? Like, do you, are you, are you still rolling with Joe against Kentucky? Cause I mean, it's, it's a must win game. I mean, I mean, every game at this point is a must win game. So it's, you roll with Joe or are you guys on the Nico bandwagon. Me personally, I think you still go with Joe for Kentucky, but honestly, I don't see why either you play Joe one quarter against Yukon and Nico the rest, or even just start Nico the Yukon game and let him get some reps.
0: Well, I mean, we're not gonna win a national championship this year. I mean, we were sitting at two losses. We to yeah, we,
1: yeah. win the SEC. Yeah, you gotta win the SEC at this point. Yeah. Which I don't think we will do. I'm just saying, I know what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, so what's why not just let Nico play at this point? I mean, we're going to make a bowl. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't matter. We're not, it's not like we have a ton to play for. We might as well just let Nico get reps at this point.
1: Yeah. I think the most likely scenario is Joe gets the Kentucky game for you and then Nico plays a lot against UConn, if they're even thinking about making a move. That's I probably, agree with you, Ryan, though. I don't think they're going to make a move. Yeah. But if they're thinking about it, that's probably the the route they're going to go. But it's just so frustrating watching our offense from last year compared to this year when I think – and I think the coaches, you know, echo this and how they call plays that they don't have as good of a quarterback.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to – Cape for high because I do think he's made some very questionable decisions. Um, but I mean, look at last year, you have, you know, two NFL receivers, possibly three, if you count brew, and you have an NFL quarterback, you know, and what do you have this year? I mean, Joe Milton is not going to sniff an NFL roster. Um, Keaton and Thornton will not sniff an NFL roster. Like, I mean, the personnel is obviously worse.
1: Yeah, and if, if you think our personnel's worse uh, last year to this year, until you see what we lose next year, especially oh my God, on, our whole offensive line. Yeah, so it would be everybody if you're looking to go for the future and get your team ready for a 12 team playoff to go ahead and get Nico in the game. And then, but if, if if you're interested in going eight and four with a six year senior that you don't trust, be my guest. But I think that's pants on head retarded. <laughs>
0: I mean it doesn't solve anything like like we said. I mean, okay, you go eight and four with Joe Milton. whoopty freaking do. Like what what does that you don't get anything out of that? You'd yeah. be better off going seven and five with Nico yes. struggling. And you're not even guaranteed to be worse with Nico, by the way.
1: No, you're not. You're you're absolutely not. I mean eight 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 and four with a six year senior, call it a bridge year, call it whatever you want. I call it not trying to win as many games as you can for these seniors all on this team, which I think is malpractice.
2: No, yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think Nico can do a better job. Just I, I think Nico's a way better thrower. I mean, look, I think we talked about it a couple podcasts ago. I mean, Nico could come in the game and hand the ball off. Like there's, you could put Gaston Warren. He could, he can hand the ball off. I mean. But Nico, we've seen him throw in the orange and white game. Like, he he could throw. It's just, you know, I I don't know what it is. I don't know why. And, Ryan, you made a great point about the kidnap thing. It's like someone's got Josh in the bind where it's like, oh, man, I really want to change my quarterback. But you're not going to do that. Like, and has a gun to his head. It, It just makes no sense.
1: Especially when you're scoring three touchdowns over two games. We scored three touchdowns against Alabama in the first quarter last year
2: well I can't remember we scored zero this game in the second
1: half isn't there another game we scored zero um
2: in the second well, half. we we didn't
1: score any touchdowns on offense in the second half against
2: AM. and all right there you go that's what I'm saying I mean that's two games in a row where you're not scoring in the second half that's we a, didn't score any touchdowns against
1: Florida well we, we, we there was a deep ball to brew, but you know it, it still looked in effect that's well,
2: where it went wrong I mean I mean when we you we lost w- Florida.
0: We struggled in the third quarter against UTSA. I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like a – Dude, it's every game where it's like you come out of halftime and it's like, yep, that's it. We did. We we came in. We did what we had to do and we're going to win. And it's like, no, man. 60 minutes and you play like it's zero-zero the whole game. It makes no sense.
0: Well, that's why, like, I feel, you know, I don't want to totally blame all of it on Joe because – like we all agreed, we don't win that game even with Nico yesterday. I mean, most likely, and but at the same token, while I'm acknowledging it's not all Joe Milton's fault, I do think there's no point to play him the rest of the season. I mean, you're just you're sitting at two losses. Why would you not? and when if if tonight if right now is not the time to play Nico, then when will be? I mean, you might as well let him get some reps. He should play the entire UConn game. I, I don't care.
1: Yeah. I mean, we. No, I agree. Th- th- there was a listener question last week. Do you think we're going to get Orange Ball Joe the rest of the year? Well, you got him yesterday. And you, you just played a team that finished drives with touchdowns instead of missed field goals. Like, yeah, that game's completely different if you scored two touchdowns there. Yeah. I mean, and Alabama didn't run a fake field goal with their coach's son. And... Uh,
2: And to be honest, that was another play-calling issue. Like, why... Like, the red zone play-calling has been absolutely terrible all year. And it just makes zero sense on how you go down the field. Like, you... They literally took Alabama down the field and... Got to the red zone, and it was like a completely different team when you got to
1: the red zone. It makes no sense. Well, yeah, I think it goes back to them not trusting Joe. I mean, it, everything is, gets tighter down there. Yeah, so, it's, like so, like you, it's
2: like, I guess I got to run the ball.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then you throw a goal line fade to Caleb Webb, and then you're on second and goal from the nine, and then you run, run. Like, it's just they do not trust him. It makes no sense why he's still the quarterback if you don't trust him. Like you, you, scored 45 points a game last year and you're going to live with a quarterback that you don't trust. I, I keep going back to that. Like I don't get it. Yeah. And it's, it's getting
2: to the point where it's like, do you not trust Nico? And I get he's a freshman. Don't get me wrong. But like at this point, I, I, I see a bunch of freshman quarterbacks doing pretty good in on other teams. Don't get me wrong. They're not in the sec, but like, Nico's got. Nico's not getting paid. I mean, he's getting paid six figures,
1: seven figures, at, to sit on the bench. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, how 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 long is Nico's camp gonna, you know, be happy with watching a quarterback that the coaches don't trust when he's sitting on the bench? I, I mean, mean, you 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 have say. Nico for. He's probably leaving after his third year. You have well, him for sure, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, he might yeah. unless he has
2: a career year next year.
1: Yeah, I mean you have him for a amount of games that is limited, and you're wasting. You've already wasted seven of them.
0: Like, I mean, I, that's this, the one thing. If which I don't think it will happen. I mean, I pray it doesn't. But if, um. Uh, Nico decides to transfer after this season, like say he's pissed that he didn't get to play. I mean, that's got to be one of the worst coaching failures I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I hope I it doesn't. I don't
2: see that happening. No.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't either. I don't, I don't, he's getting compensated very well to be at Tennessee, but then again, what school, I mean, lots of schools could do the same thing. So it makes me nervous in this day and age where it's like, oh, you're not happy. Well, there's 30 other schools that will pay you to come start. So that makes me a little bit nervous. I mean, and it's it's kind of the same thing that the Titans are dealing with right now. It's like, what's the point of starting Ryan Tannehill the rest of the season when you know you're not going to win shit? Just go ahead and put Levis in. Let's see what we got. Uh, you know, that way you going into next year, you know, what's right. Uh, I, I think with me and Ryan, we're listening to, uh, Reed's ranch and I think they hit the nail on the head with this point. It's like, go ahead and throw Nico out there, get some tape on him. And here's the thing. Everybody thinks Nico is really good. I mean, he was a number one quarterback. We all think he's great, but say he sucks. If he sucks, you need to know that before next season starts.
2: Yeah. So you get a
0: transfer. Yeah. I mean, if he's great, great. Then, you know, you have your starting quarterback next year. There's no, there's it's a win-win scenario to play Nico. Now you either know he's going to be the answer next season, or you know that he sucks and then you can go get a transfer. I mean, Joe Milton's career is done. I mean, it sucks. Like he's, he's a great guy. He's a very nice guy and it's nothing personal, but you're trying to win games. You're in the business of winning games and Joe Milton is a six-year senior. He is what he is. The loss was not his fault yesterday, but he is what he is. He's not going to be here next year. You need to know what you have.
1: Yeah, I, I, I always thought before the season, in order for Nico to not play, Joe has to be so much clearly better than him that it's not even close. Or Nico should be playing. And right now, Nico should be playing based on what I just said. There's not one throw yesterday that Nico couldn't have made that Joe did. And no matter how good Joe played, he didn't lose us the game, but he didn't win us the game. Simple as that.
0: I don't think he's ever going to to do that though. I mean he's exactly. I Joe Milton is like a worse Alex Smith. Like he he's never gonna go out of his out of way to win the game, but he most you know when he's playing at his best, you can win with him. Um but yesterday was not our best performance and there and he didn't elevate us at all therefore we didn't win the game. I mean, it's as simple as that. Everything around, I think everything around Joe has to be perfect. And, you know, another point I haven't really heard anybody bring up is, uh, like NVF pointed out, our entire offensive line is going to be gone. Would you not rather have Nico experience, you know, actually being protected by a decent line? Because we have no clue what our line is going to look like next year. So, I mean, would y'all not feel more comfortable with him getting some reps with this experienced line?
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: No, yeah, yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think you're right. I think it's – especially you got – I mean, I said it before. I think think Joe Milton plays this weekend against Kentucky because I feel like you win that game, you got to let Nico play the whole game against UConn. And we'll see. I mean –
0: I mean – I think you definitely you definitely the only problem that I'm worried about though is if Joe does play against Kentucky next weekend I if Joe does play against Kentucky next weekend I really don't see them benching him for Yukon, you know, but
2: no, I agree.
0: I mean, and and the thing is though is we really thought we were going to see we haven't been able to convincingly put anybody down this year to where nico can play the entire second half which would be nice like last night against uh, i was watching the lsu game last night and they were absolutely pummeling army and Jaden daniels like didn't even play in the third quarter on like it would be nice if we could beat the shit out of somebody and nico could play like an entire second half at least
2: yeah well i agree with ryan though i just I, i don't see him doing that i feel like I feel like this is what's going to happen. Let's say everything goes right, we beat Kentucky. We go into UConn. Even if we're up, let's say twenty-one nothing at half, Joe Milton's going to come out in the third quarter, and then they might play Nico in the fourth. And like that's just not the right play. I just don't, you know, especially going into the Mizzou game. And 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 like you said, Bryce, if it if Joe Milton goes in, handles Kentucky, we go, we beat UConn. They're gonna start Joe against Missouri. I mean, it, there's no question about it. And at that point, uh, I just you're not gonna see Nico a lot. Maybe maybe in the
1: Vandy game, but that's it. You know, the the only time we've seen Nico is behind our backup offensive line. I mean, against I, Virginia and and against uh, UTSA when they're like, okay, hand the ball off and get sacked a few times. Like <laughs> get sacked, yeah. Like it's just. It's so stupid. You haven't seen him get a meaningful rep all year. Get him some meaningful reps. Like, please. You need to know. Like, like, like Bryce explained earlier, like, you, it would be nice to know. I mean, I, I don't think four or five games at the end of the season will prove that he sucks or not, but it's you have to know something about him in
0: yeah like it it it's it's not going to be the definitive even if he started the rest of the season it wouldn't be definitive he's the answer or he's not but you'd at least have tape you'd at mm-hmm. least know you'd have meaningful snaps you'd see what he can do in you know pressure situations
1: it's like i said earlier if i was the coach uh, my, my whole focus would be getting Nico ready to play georgia because you the, these next three opponents are nothing to be terrified of it's it's no you're not going to Tuscaloosa like the, the, nothing. Is scary enough to merit not starting Nico anymore. Last week, I agree you probably don't want to start him. That that's fine. Uh, against a good defensive line, these next two teams, their defensive line is nothing to be scared of. Their road environment is nothing to be scared of, and you UConn at home is you know we've already went over it. He should he he, he should start that game. So it, you. I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about Joe. I think we've beat it to death at this point, but it, it's, something's got to give. And at, at this point, I'm not even blaming Joe anymore. I'm, I'm blaming Josh Heupel for still putting him out there.
2: Yep, and I'll I'll say it again, Ryan nailed it on the head. I mean, what what's the reason on letting him continue to play? Uh, and I'm not saying the season's over. I mean, you could have a last- you know, a couple games of just a miracle season, yeah, it could happen. But I just don't see it at this point. You got to prepare for the future.
1: I don't see it happening with Joe. I I I agree. I agree. (laughs) So, goodness gracious. Oh, God, guys, we blew it. We blew it. Damn it. It's like we talked about. That's the best chance you're going to get to beat Alabama, Tuscaloosa. In the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean,
0: do you really think – usually Alabama has a first-round draft pick quarterback, two first-round draft pick receivers, a first-round draft running back. I mean, they have none of that
2: this year. Their defense wasn't anything to brag about either.
1: Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Mill threw the ball seven times in the second half, and they pummeled us in the trenches. Alabama was like, oh, we're Alabama? And they realized that that seems like that 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 that's what happened.
2: Well, I'm gonna I'll be honest. Though, like our offensive line didn't play terrible. Like other they, than the set the last end of the second half, yes, but like the the first half they played incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I don't think there's a whole lot of um, blame to go around there. What do y'all think about? the officiating now let's let's try to let's let's try to be object as objective as possible i think the if we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up we'll actually put the commentating and the officiating together here um (laughs) i thought the officiating was pretty blatantly terrible um i mean there was some, there was some things that I was just like, you know, I watch my job is to watch football and some of those calls just don't get called anywhere else. It seems. Um, I thought that was pretty unique. I saw somebody comment. I don't know if this is like confirmed or not, but somebody was saying the head official is a realtor in Tuscaloosa. If that's true, that, I mean, true. that, that should never be allowed. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a Knoxville realtor to call our games. Like that's a, 100%. That's a conflict of interest. Like that, that should definitely not be allowed. Um, And then, you know, Gary Danielson is a, Gary Danielson is a joke. It's like, he doesn't even try to hide it. Um, I I had had non, I mean, yeah, I had non Tennessee fans commenting and they were like, yeah, we thought y'all were whining, but no, it's true. Like, he is slobbing Saban's knob. Like, honestly, I think no matter what Nick Saban did, Gary Danielson would be like, Man, I tell you what, that that guy is just great. Like he he sounded like a schoolgirl who was seeing their crush <laughs> for the first time. It was embarrassing. I mean, it was it was horrendous. Uh, and unfortunately, Gary Danielson is doing our Georgia game as well. So I'm sure he's going oh, yeah, Kirby- to. Big,
2: big Kirby Smart fan.
0: Oh, yeah. Kirby Smart's is a part of that Saban tree. So, of course, he's going to get the well, Gary Danielson.
2: Not even, sorry to cut you off, but, like, did you hear him at all in the first half? Because I didn't. No, dude, didn't, that's he, the thing. I barely heard him. <laughs> no, so I don't know if you all saw, but, like,
0: um, when we got that interception in the end zone, um. It sounded like he was narrating for a damn funeral home.
1: Yeah, like, it sounded like, so somebody slit his dog's throat in front of him.
0: He was literally like, Oh, that's an interception. Let's, and then he tried to, he literally was, he spent five minutes trying to figure out how it could possibly be reversed. Like, he was looking, <laughs> he was looking for a flag. He was like, oh, Let's see if that stands. What the hell do you mean if it stands? It was a clear as day interception. It was a, ah. it was a, he did not even try. Like, sometimes you get announcers that just have no personality <laughs> and just suck no matter what team they're calling. Um, but Alabama gets a three-yard run, and he ejaculated. And then <laughs> tennis, Tennessee gets a game-changing turnover, possibly, and he's like, oh, Tennessee got the
2: ball. It's like, dude. Like, or white's can- touchdown, the first yeah. touchdown. He was just like, I don't know if his foot got down. And it's like, clearly, he dragged his whole foot. And it's just like, come on, Gary. like That's nuts. And I mean, going to the officiating, um, and I'll shout out Astro Smokey for this one. Uh, Just, just, you're a realtor in Tuscaloosa that's like saying, oh, hey, uh, normal ball fan and Astro Smokey, Bryce and Ryan, you guys are going to ref the Tennessee Georgia game in Knoxville. Okay,
1: bet, bet. I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free. And- yeah, I'm. I, I'm looking at this. <clears throat> and uh, his name is Ken Williamson. I'm looking at his Remax page right now. This, this, <laughs> this is an absolute fact, and it's a joke. My parents are real estate agents. If they had any effect on something that everybody loves and where they sell a damn house, what do you think they're going to lean towards? You, if there. you're buying a he house from the guy in Tuscaloosa, time, Tuscaloosa like, what, like, and you're an Alabama fan, and you see this guy, oh, this guy cost us the game. You're not going to buy a damn house from him. That's a, like, that's a joke, and the SEC should be ashamed of themselves. That would only happen to us. I, and do, do you really
0: think that guy would have been calling the game if they were playing at Georgia and Tuscaloosa? I don't. That no, that, that is probably
2: a Georgia uh, realtor.
0: That is the that is the biggest bullshit. Like people can call us crybabies. People can say, Oh, well, you still lost. Yeah, I mean, did we probably lose the game anyway? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because hypo got out coached in the second half. That's why we lost. Yeah. Yes. We, we we did not lose because of the officiating. Nobody is saying otherwise, but we are simply pointing out a fact that it is a major conflict of interest and bullshit that a Tuscaloosa realtor. Is calling an Alabama game in Tuscaloosa.
2: I completely agree. Like I said, that's like us ref- being refs for the Georgia game. I mean, that's absurd. It shouldn't be a thing. It's honestly at this point, you might as well start bringing in Pac-12 refs for games like this. It's it, you. It makes zero sense to me because, I mean, especially guys that live in Alabama and have family that's Alabama fans, like, at this point, And not only that, you guys know that these refs get graded and no one gets to see it. Like,
1: yeah, n- no
2: one gets to see it other than the, the SEC and obviously the refs themselves.
1: Like, that's, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's on the SEC website about the officials. They get game grades, but they're not made public. Why the hell not?
0: Well, because everybody would see how much
1: of a joke it is. <laughs> yeah, well, like they, 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 they just don't care.
2: Now, did you guys see what Lane Kiffin's about the uh, Josh Scheibel's press conference? Mm-mm. He just posted it an hour ago. He said, I love his reaction. Been in that same press conference in Orange in that same stadium. I know that feeling. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, I
0: mean, it's, it's the, uh, Worst kept secret in college sports. I mean, if you're playing at Tuscaloosa, you ain't getting them calls.
1: Yeah. By the way, this dude's phone number is on his REMAX page, so make him block you, please. (laughs)
2: We we won't get into other things that were said on Twitter last night about uh, women beating and stuff because that was an obvious issue too. I mean, don't get me wrong, Alabama fans. (laughs) I get you're going to say you don't claim him, but he has 7,000 followers. And the fact that people get away with saying shit like that needs to stop. I mean, I I don't
0: really think – I think it's kind of pathetic, though, how Bama fans have like – they're completely – they act like – either they act like they don't know about it or they just don't give a shit. Um, I have no problem saying this and I'm sure, you know, hopefully it doesn't, but it could come true one day. Like if, if Tennessee had a player like Jermaine Burton, I would not support him. I mean, I don't no, think that's I'd a,
2: want him off the team.
0: I don't think that's a, a stretch. I mean, Jermaine I don't
2: Burton's think, mid anyway.
0: if, if you hit women, I don't want you on my team. I mean, it's a safe, even if you hit a, hit a woman, that's a fan of a different team. I don't care. I mean, if it, I think that's a pretty, uh, logical take to have if you hit women i don't want you on my team
2: or or kick players after bama uh, fans are
0: not bama fans aren't able to say that though which is kind of concerning to me and i mean i think the guy that you're talking about nbf um let's just say i think there's quite a bit of people that share his sentiment
2: oh no absolutely and like i said jermaine burton is mid he's not he's not a nfl wide receiver and I just – it blows my mind that you have men that are fathers and don't have the same opinion as 99% of the men in this, like, whole ordeal of him hitting, not even just a woman, but, like, look at his attitude during the game yesterday. He scored, and then he just kicks slaughter, like, literally kicks him off of him. Like, look at his, like, whole demeanor. Like, get him off the team.
0: No, I mean, he's just a punk. I mean, take the – even if you take the incident that happened at Neyland last year away, he's just a punk. I mean, it's as simple as that. And, you know, most of Bama's players don't act like that. We're not saying that they
1: do or anything. I just, Burton is the exception. Yeah. I mean, some things are bigger than football. I, I a perfect example of uh, beating women like <laughs> on, on camera in front of the whole country and nothing happened to him. Like,
0: Please. Saban said, "Hey Ryan, uh, you're being kind of you're being a little bit insensitive, Ryan." Um, Saban said he was scared.
1: Yeah, missed so. me with that bullshit. He, he he slapped the woman in the in front of a hundred thousand people in the whole country on TV, and he takes up for him. And then their fans refuse. I mean, I, I'm sure some of their fans share exactly what we're saying, but I, I, I like j- just the fact that it's like normal ball fans earlier he has seven thousand followers but you don't claim them who's following him like yeah please? it ain't us it ain't ball fans no. that's uh oh I, no he blocked all of us
0: no well, i mean alabama is the same school that you know a couple basketball players were involved in a murder and you know one of those guys is playing in the nba now. An
2: yeah making millions of dollars
0: yeah that's that's another talking point though um
2: all right, so we're,
0: we're about we're about at the hour mark. Do y'all want to briefly touch
2: on? Yeah, I, I do want to say something to all fans at the end of this. Yeah. So, um, listen, the season's not over. Don't give up on this team. Um, yes, do we have you know issues in the coaching field? Yes, but Josh Heupel is still the guy. You still have to believe in him. Um, the season's not over um anything could happen in college football. We could run the table. We could lose four games. I mean, anything could happen, but I mean, you got to look at it this way. You have Kentucky this week at Kroger Field. I mean, you got to go win this game. Uh you're going to be okay. hey. after that.
0: Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just saw something wild on Twitter. So, uh a lot of fans are showing their true colors. That's interesting. This guy, Britt Houdat, you know she's a she's a Vol fan. Um, she just shared this on Twitter, and some LSU fan said something pretty racist uh, about Joe Milton. So if you want to go report that, I would recommend doing that. It's on her page. Uh, oh Lord, comparing Joe Milton to an animal that. Right. You know, I think you kind of get my drift. Uh and the and the funny thing is it's an LSU fan and in his bio it says hashtag Christian. Great. <laughs> right. And he says something just blatantly racist. So
1: what's her name on Twitter?
2: <laughs> right. She's not the one that posted it. It's she uh retweeted somebody else. Yeah, I'll sit it in the group chat, Ryan.
0: But anyway. So yeah. Ryan, you got any thoughts about it? We're obviously going to talk more about it when we get to the uh, – Kentucky preview. Yeah, when we get to the Kentucky preview, we'll talk more about it. But
1: Yeah. I think, um, you like, it's like normal offensive. You, this is a must-win game if you want to, you know, even have a chance to do anything with this season. Um, we're probably going to see Joe Milton again. And, and, and if we get Joe Milton's performance from yesterday at Kentucky, we, we win by four touchdowns. So, like – I am not really worried about this game. The season's not over. I'm just kind of echoing at this point. Um, but you know, I, I just want to see better from Hypo halftime adjustments and everything when it comes down to how this offense functions on the road and in the red zone. And I hope we see it on Saturday, against a very, I guess an opponent that is, you, you should be able to do, to do it against.
2: Yep. All right. Any closing thoughts, boys? Uh, Nope. Go Vols and let's go beat them stupid
1: Kentucky Wildcats again, like we always did. Yeah. Tune in to the next podcast to hear my thoughts on Kentucky fans.
0: They're going to climb out of the coal mines, Ryan. They're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all right. That's episode
0: three. That's a wrap. We will see you all. Later this week for the Kentucky preview. Thanks for listening. Go, Vols. Go, Vols. Go, Vols.